Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah became the father of Perez and Sarah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez became the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminadab. Aminadab became the father of Nation, Nation the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz became the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed became the father of Jesse, Jesse the father of David the king. David became the father of Solomon, whose mother had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon became the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asap. Asap became the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, Joram the father of Uzziah. Uzziah became the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah became the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amos, Amos the father of Josiah. Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the Babylonian exile. After the Babylonian exile, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, Abiud became the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Sadok, Sadok became the father of Akim, Akim the father of Eliud, Eliud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar became the father of Methan, Methan the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Of her was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Thus the total number of generations from Abraham to David is 14 generations. From David to the Babylonian exile, 14 generations. From the Babylonian exile to the Christ, 14 generations. Now this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. 
She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. He had no relations with her until she bore a son and named him Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear parish family, Merry Christmas. To all our guests, too, Merry Christmas to you. But especially today, to the broken, to the downcast, to the lonely, to the poor, to the hurting, to the addict, to those wrestling with sin and those lacking peace, welcome home. Brothers and sisters, while the church triumphant in heaven, yes, is those who have cooperated with God and who have gone through purgation and now have loved as, and been become perfect as the Heavenly Father is perfect and now entered into full communion with Him, we recognize that where we are, the church, still on earth, that is a place of imperfection. It is a place where we battle against sin. In other words, it's a place where, yes, imperfection is but as Pope Francis called it, it's like a field hospital. It's a place for the wounded and the broken. It's a place that's a shelter and a home for those to find refuge and where we can become saints. And so no matter where you, what state of being you're in tonight, welcome home. Today we recognize, we ponder, we encounter God's love for us. Today, at the culmination of Advent, that time preparation that the church gives us to prepare our hearts for the coming of the Christ, to encounter the mystery, the veiled realities that are presented to us throughout the liturgical year, we come to this manifestation of Christ God's tremendous love. In Advent, we heard not only John the Baptist, as was recounted in our second readings, tell us to, yes, repent, to turn away from those sins that would keep us separated from God, prepare the way for him. But also we heard in Advent prophecy after prophecy. Things were to, were to give us hope. Hope in what? Because we realize, and these are, these are things we're going to hope and let expound throughout the entirety of the liturgical year, that every single prophecy, every single promise that God ever made was fulfilled in our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, we rejoice. Today, as we ponder like this great mystery that God would become man, that the Son of God would come to dwell among us, Emmanuel, we remember who those promises and prophecies to whom they were made, us, Sinners, persons in need of a Savior, persons in need of God's true love and mercy. At Christmas, which is its name from the Mass, Christ's Mass, which is celebrated. Thanks be to God, we get to celebrate it. We're not in Ukraine or China or one of those places where the church is being like suppressed. But rather every Sunday, every day we can come to Christ's Mass and to join in his perfect sacrifice to encounter him and the reality of his love because he still, what, comes down to be with us, to dwell with us. 
so that we may be healed. At, Christ, at Christmas, Christ's Mass, we ponder, we encounter the reality that throughout the course of history, that God did not run away when he saw sin. No, but rather runs towards it with his love. He desires to get into life. He desires to get into our battles and our messiness to be with us in it all so that he may strengthen us, so that we may be victorious with him. This is what we thank God for at Christmas. A time, that in time, God, when he had prepared all things, like God no longer sent another prophet to declare the preparations, but rather God the Father manifested his love for us, sent his Son, and the Son loving us so much as a groom loves his bride condescended, came down to be with us, to be at our level, to wed himself, the divine, with the human. And of course, as we recognize in the Mass, to come to us, to give his flesh to his bride so that we may enter into communion with him. In the midst of Christmas, we remember that God came to get into human experience he came to get into our messiness again, to encounter us in our sins, and to do what? There bring healing. And ultimately, by the passion, death, resurrection, and ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, to bring salvation to those who will receive it by what? Taking up their cross and following after him. Today, inspired by God's love for us, that God came, that he came to get into our story wherever we are, May it be a day of renewal and committal for us. Each of us, no matter where we are, whether you're the church lady who's involved in like every single Bible study, love you church ladies, keep doing it. Or you're the person who was like forced to come here by your family. Or the person who's just like broken and alone and just needed to come home from what they remember when they were a kid and just wanted to be somewhere at church for Christmas. Let this be a moment to remember God's love for you and in remembering God's love to recommit, to love him back, to surrender yourself entirely to him. If you go, oh, Father, but I can't. You don't know, like, the mess that I'm in. I can't be a part of this community. I can't be part of this church. I can't. Like, you don't know my life. It's like a raging dumpster fire, Father. That's exactly what Christ wants into. All of that. If we, if we, that's the point of that, that gospel that we heard today. I know it's everybody's favorite, like the genealogy, right? It's, everybody loves it. It's not just to give Jesus' pedigree, like where he came from. That's super important. But it's also to show, if you look at that family tree, that's a messed up family tree. We can spend hours like, talking about the misfits and all the sorts of horrible things they did in there. And that's the family God wants into. So wherever where your family is, no matter what dumpster fire it might be, that's precisely where Jesus wants to be. Right with you. Into not just that story, but your story. It is for all of us, dearly beloved, and precisely for you who thinks that you cannot be one with God, that God doesn't want you to know precisely, beloved, like God came for you. He certainly came for you and, yes, to give you like life in his church. He gave you the church, the life that she has, the sacraments all, so that you may have life. Baptism, so you may be washed in the waters, so that you may be given his life, so that you may be brought into a family. 
Confession so that after we, we sin, like as we all fall, and again in need of a Savior, we sacramentally say sorry. We dump our sins at the foot of the cross, receive his mercy once again, and are reconciled with him. Confirmation where he confirms his love for us once again and gives us as well the Holy Spirit so that we may be equipped for the battlefield that is this life. And of course, as we're pondering in this year of the Eucharistic revival, the Eucharist, which was foretold to us, foreshadowed when Christ is born in Bethlehem, the house of bread, and also the place where shepherds raised the lambs that are to be slaughtered, and where Jesus Christ himself is laid in a manger, a food trough, already showing forth that he came, again, to give us himself, as he promised in John chapter 6, body, blood, soul, and divinity, so that as we eat his flesh and drink his blood, we may have communion, union with him, and life. No matter where you are, fear not entrusting yourself to him, to the God who humbled himself to take on flesh, to be again born in a stable, in a manger, to be laid in that messy place, and to be made vulnerable for love of you. This day, let us all recommit to love, to him who is love, recommit our love to him. To do so, let me just propose one way, in this new year, let us all recommit to learn, to learn our faith, because we cannot love what we do not know. And so my encouragement is like, maybe one thing you could do. There's two great podcasts that are basically out right now. The Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz, and he's about to start January 1st, the Catechism in the Year. Either one of those, the Bible in the Year or the Catechism in the Year. You learn the story of God's love for you in scriptures. Learn that, again, the greatest love story ever told. Or come to know like, more about the faith through the catechism in the year so you can fall more deeply in love in all God has for you. The more we come to know, the more we come to love. The more we come to love, the more we can come to receive. The more we receive, the more we can be transformed. Let us this day trust in the God who fulfills all the prophecies and did it for love of you. And let us follow after those saints of old who won their crowns by doing what they did, surrender themselves entirely to Jesus Christ by recommitting our love to him this day and every other day, the rest of the days of our life. St. Anthony of Padua.